this animation celery. Crunchy conversations about classic cartoons. Mr. Men, the Mr. Men, the Mr. Men, the Mr. I'm I'm Mr. Matsy. And I'm Little Miss Micah. On Animation Celery, we give each other cartoons to watch. And then the following week, we review and discuss them. And this time, we're working with the theme food. Pretty universal. I think everybody eats food. Yeah, um, I do. Yeah. I actually haven't had supper yet, but you know. Ooh. It gives me the edge. Anyway, so uh, I asked Matsy to watch an episode of an anime called Silver Spoon. Mm. And he took two half episodes, as we call them, you know, part parts of cartoons, mashed them together, and he chose the Mr. Men Show, each part to do with food. So, those will be some uh, pretty robust meals, but first we should have some appetizers. What morsels do you have, Matsy? Calamari. Mmm. Yeah, I know where um, you're going. Yeah. Oh, Nintendo dumped a bunch of information about Splatoon 3, which is not a cartoon, but it looks real cool, and I'm real excited about it. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. Did you watch it? Or probably not. I don't think you care about what? Splatoon much. Well, I like the characters. Yeah. Um, when I play Mario Kart, I usually play the Splatoon girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Inkling's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's see. A couple of notes that I want to make. Right in the middle of the Direct, mm -hmm. the Nintendo Direct, they're talking about, you know, all these little quality of life changes and new features and stuff. And I'm like, yep, yep. This is evolved Splatoon. Sure. And then right in the middle of it, like, oh, also, there's a card game. Like, pfft, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a 1v1 deck building card game in there. Oh, in the uh, game. You can, in the game. Okay. Where you buy, you can get booster packs and starter decks and build a deck where you and one, you and another player are playing cards to ink turf, Splatoon style, uh, in a set number of tunes, uh, turns rather. Yeah. Split turns uh, to ink territory. And I'm like, there's a card game. Yeah, but it's not like, like what this should be. A, well, depending on whether it's good or not, I guess this should be a physical card game. Yeah, I agree. I would I would buy I would I would spend way too much money on Splatoon cards. <laughs> I've already spent way too much money on Splatoon Amiibos. Although, I mean, yeah, in my defense, I paid normal retail price for all of them, not scalper prices. Yeah, I saw your gloating. <laughs> yeah. That's right. These this off the hook amiibos are selling on Amazon for two hundred dollars. I got them for thirty. If we start doing a visual, <laughs> a visual animation celery, you're gonna have those stacks of amiibos in package behind you, right? Well, they're not in package. Oh, but but they are there. Hmm. I have the shovel knight ones too. Anyway, um, yeah. So Splatoon. The the other thing that I noticed was each Splatoon game has a band, or idols is the word that a lot of fans use. Right. The word idol kind of weirds me out. Like, okay. I don't really want to worship. Like, um, watching VTubers, you know, yeah. Gar Gargura once said something about idol, like idol as in, like, not moving. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and she specified like idol not like i'm an idol and i was like Ugh. you kind of are yeah <laughs> well yeah but like i just don't i i don't like the 
concept of worshipping these little cartoon girls. Or live action ones, for that matter. Like, yeah. It's, it's also weird in that it sort of separates you from being a musician, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, well, I'm not really a serious musician. I'm a cute person that uh, has been packaged for you to buy merchandise. Yeah. So I don't like the term idol. Mm. Um, so let's go with band. All right. Um, even, well, musical act. Because in the first Splatoon, there was a musical act called the Squid Sisters. Callie yep. and Marie. Get mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the, the second one, there was Off the Hook, which is Pearl and Marina, which is not puns, but, you know, it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, for this game, the musical act, possibly the best name of them all, they're called Deep Cut. Okay. And it's an inkling named Fry and an octoling named Shiver and... A manta ray named Big Man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And the character designs are pretty bad. Oh. In my opinion. Um, I don't know if you've seen them. You probably haven't. I'm Uh, looking now. Yeah. Um, Big Man's pretty funny. These these look fine. I shivers okay. But Uh, Fry is hideous. Shiver's the light-skinned one? Shiver uh, Shiver is the blue octoling, although an untrained eye such as yourself probably can't tell the difference between an octoling and an inkling. I know the um, difference. The, uh, yeah. the inklings have two tendrils and the octolings have like suction cup tendrils on their heads. Yeah, the, the octolings, they've kind of based octolings. So they have tentacles on their heads, both of them. Yeah. But the octolings, they've kind of based on cooked octopuses where like the tentacles kind of curl outwards so the suction cups are on the outside Mm. so that's the main way to tell if there's suction cups on the outside of the hair it's an octoling um also earlier tonight just before we started recording i noticed that i can't believe i didn't notice this until just now inklings have square fingertips and octolings have tapered fingertips i did not know that i uh, see it now as i'm looking yeah yeah yeah, Shiver's okay. Fry is terrible, and Big Man is okay. amusing, I guess. I guess I'll break down what's wrong with Fry. Um, yeah. Uh, do you dislike Fry's six head? Is that it? The pale six eyelashes? Head. I... Like, like it's, yeah, it's more than a five whole, head, it's a six head, but yeah. The whole eye region of uh, Fry is gross like the mask that comes to points jumping off her head and uh, that's kind of weird hmm. her ears are too long she, she's just not appealing to me hmm. um it's not a race thing <laughs> even though she's black i mean <laughs> yeah. some of my biggest nintendo crushes namely marina are black okay um but yeah i'm i'm still gonna get their amiibo but hmm. No, I'm not. I'm not feeling deep cut. They have the best name of the three, but the worst character designs. They got the contrast in pants that Shivers got. The, they uh, do. The super tight, uh, low rise pants and, um, and Fry's got the uh, harem pants, the or the, the hammer pants. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Three way splat fests this time. Hmm. Um, okay. Splat fests were a thing where, you know, you'd pick one side 
and one of each of the idols would align themselves. And so, you know, it's mm. who's win and who would win. Like, um, this time they're going to be three way ones and they're doing a pre-release splat fest on August 27th. I think it is where it's going to be rock versus paper versus scissors. Hmm. And I'm not sure which way to go. I might go with rock just because it's the one that shiver is into. Okay. And shiver is my favorite of them. And I, other than that, I don't really have a, I don't really have a dog fish in that fight. <laughs> I was going to say, I like it just purely on the context of it being the rock, paper, scissors game. I don't really have a dog in that fight. I like them all equally. Scissors, paper, rocks. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like paper. I like drawing and writing. Although yeah. I do most of it digitally nowadays. But uh, yeah, it's just for lack of anything else, it defaults to, okay, which of the um, hosts do I like best? And in this sure. case, it's Shiver. So, all right. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So Splatoon 3, that's going to be great. Coming September 9th. Uh, what else? Mm. I, oh gosh, I saw this new thing from Disney and it broke my brain. Yeah. Uh, it's called Chibiverse. Oh. Have you seen this in your travels? I don't think I have. This, it's new and it's. It's exactly what it sounds like. They they claim that they've taken all the stories that they have and they've made chibi versions of them. Chibi being like a Japanese term that means, you know, like little little tiny cutesy versions of a character that isn't normally. Sure. Um, so so this there'll is, be like a chibi Jack Sparrow and a chibi well, Aladdin. And, no? Well, no, because they say every story that we have. Yeah. What they mean is current animated series. OK, so it's like. Chibi Owl House, Chibi Amphibia, Chibi Star versus the Forces of Evil. Yeah. Uh, Gravity Falls, Phineas and Ferb, uh, Big City Greens, I think is in there. Um, well, that's OK. That's OK. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weird, though. Like it, it, it like I said, it kind of broke my and it's also short cartoons. It's not like, you know, half sods or anything. They're like really short, like a few minutes. Right. Um, of of just, you know. Lose doing a thing with Hootie or whatever. And it's just strange. <laughs> That's weird when you're watching that kind of stuff on a streaming service. Like yeah. when I load it up and it's just like, oh, it's it's Pinkie Pie and Fluttershy telling me happy birthday. And it lasts 40 <laughs> seconds, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably is on Disney Plus, actually. So you could probably check it out if you really wanted to. Um, I just thought it was weird that it skews so heavily towards modern, like the reboot of DuckTales. Uh, oh, yeah. Like really, you know, everything that's come out within the last, you know, under 10 years. Well, it's TV. for kids, I guess. I, yeah. So, but I mean, for you adults, go watch the Rescue Rangers movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, Chibi versus looking that, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than that, the only other cartoon thing that I did this past week is... One of those things where the algorithm fed it to me on YouTube, and so I had to check it out. Yes. Uh, clips from Heavy Metal, the 1981 movie. Right. The oh. kind of the kind of thing I think people would have assumed we'd have reviewed by now. Yeah. And Although, maybe we will. But... Maybe, but it's just one of those things where, like, I know it too well, so, you know, what's going to surprise me or... What am I going to have a new perspective on on that thing? You know? Yeah, I just, 
I think I clicked this thumbnail because it was showing some woman and she was so ugly, like not like designed as an ugly character. Like she was designed to be a super hot babe, but she's just drawn horrible. It's which, like which segment? Uh, I don't even know it that well, so I couldn't say, but it was like um, she it was this woman and some guy, but the guy turned out to be a robot and they were going through these tubes into some yeah. alien ship. And there was this okay. robot that took the lady away. And then the two aliens started snorting up tremendous amounts of cocaine. Right, right. Um, But this woman, she's like, it's almost like if Peg from Goof Troop was a human woman drawn by a hack. I don't remember her being so bad, but I oh, mean, there's, it's, there it's, are it's, shots of her face where I was like, this is ah. it's of the era. Now, I think John Candy does the robot <laughs> in that one. John I mean, I mean Candy, he's the voice. He's a lot of voices in that, but yeah. Oh, is he more than one? Oh, he's I tons didn't of. Realize that. Okay, I think he's the robot in that. He's the hero in that one where the boy's soul gets transported to another dimension. Yeah, to fight yeah. for the Lochnar. Right. Yeah. I think I've only seen two. the movie. I've only seen the movie once in like the late nineties. So yeah. I don't know it very well. I just kind but, of know it mostly by reputation. Uh. But then seeing it is like, oh, man, this is ugly. And of course, there's other problems with it. But I think that woman is the president's assistant. Oh, okay. I think they they yeah, they suck them the through a tube. And the first guy, if he's the president, whoever he is, he goes so fast through the tube that he gets gets crushed when he gets through. Well, he's a robot. Like, no, 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 no. There's like a hu- there's a human with her. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, think I guess so. the I, think so. I guess the clip that I watched may have started after that point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe my memory's faulty on that. I do remember the joke uh, uh, after she and the robot have had sex, and she tells him, "I want a Jewish wedding," and he freaks out like his head flips around. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have to watch this movie again, just you know, so that I have you know, in a more modern a more mature and refined sensibility mm-hmm. i can watch it and really break it down oh maybe we should watch it then <sighs> but not this week not next that. week no. either yeah <laughs> no no um let's move on what uh, okay. how about you what what kind of cartoon splatoons have you been doing this week i watched more tales of Elethrion. that's tales. the uh, that's this based on the reward Oh, the, right. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah the, the, sh- the shorts from uh, Skjald, uh the animators from Denmark. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, pretty neat. I've watched up to A Daughter's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, for listeners, um, I recommended Matt see one week watch this short called The Reward, which is just a summary of two youngsters adventures they they tear a treasure map in half and then they work together with each half of the treasure map one becomes a powerful wizard one becomes a fighter and they have they go on a grand advent grand series of adventures that are summarized really fast in the short and end up discovering that the real reward was the friendship they made along the way um and so afterward um thanks to a lot of fan support They've put out uh, numerous uh, shorts in that world called Tales of Elethrion. Yeah. Um, what I thought I wanted in this show 
was for it to just be a lot of, for the most part, new stories, just like in the setting, but not necessarily connected. Right. But what mostly it is, it's kind of like it's a small world. So we get stories that are interconnected that, you know, either they're connected by... Now, it turns out the the reward isn't the friendship entirely. It's that, you know, behind this mirror, there's um, a, a treasure chest being held by a uh, a skeleton. Right. And that's the real treasure. Maybe. Anyway, so that connects a lot of it up. But also just like, like I said, it's, it's a small world where like, oh, I met the... the well, for example, the one I just watched, um, Wilhelm, one of the first heroes, is having a fight in that chamber with the treasure. Um, and present are the two youngsters that inherited the treasure map halves. Uh-huh. So, and also the daughter of the uh, woman that he killed in that town, the the mugger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 like that. It's a small world, right? So, and <laughs> yeah. you know, it it works out to something I enjoy. Um, even what it actually is is pretty good, I think. And and so, uh, what the series I think does because these are all short and they're they're varied, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in length, um, what it does is it makes everything seem much bigger than the run times. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, it varies quite a bit. I remember last time I dropped off because I watched the story that outlined the backstory of the muggers that attack Wilhelm in that town. Uh-huh. And it was it wasn't animated at all. It was like less than an animatic. It was just like right. detailed storyboards almost, right? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but the one afterward I think you watched, which was uh, Wilhelm's Curse. Oh, yes. Um, by the way. I never know. Most of the world pronounces a W like a V and a V like a W. So I never know because the, yeah. char- the, the the two principal heroes in this are, are Vito and Wilhelm, or is it Vito and Wilhelm? Hmm. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, interesting I don't know. <laughs> huh. um, Maybe they picked those names for specifically that reason. Yeah, just screw with Canadians. Exactly. And Americans and British. Um, so... Yeah, I, I like it. It's pretty fun. Um, the uh, <laughs> there are some notable bits. One of the shorter ones, like I was, I was stumbling it just kind of finish, but it, but it says something. It was called, I think it was called the Outcast. Okay, and it has this little gecko man <laughs> who is on a journey, and there's one put part where he, um, a giant is chasing him, so he sees some big. Uh, toadstool tops that that provide jumping points across a uh, pit. So, you know, kind of like super, uh, kind of like Mario 64. He's going to try to <laughs> jump from one to the other, but he falls up short on the final jump and just falls into the pit. The giant gives yeah. up like, oh, whatever. I can't get him now. And there's a montage of him just sort of like killing time in the pit. You know, he like eats a sandwich, you know, he, take, he has a nap. And <laughs> I thought... It's one of those things where the details make it so good. Like part of it are like his escape attempts. So mm-hmm. there's one where he's got, he's taken his jacket off and he's wrapped it around the other side of a mushroom stalk so that he can try to climb up that way. But he, he can't get up. He ends up sliding down. Just like <laughs> little, little touches like that are really good. Right. Or right. Um, the the daughter that. So the, when, when Wilhelm fights those muggers off, 
he impales the the boss, the woman, and runs her off the side of uh, the staircase, right? Like she falls a tremendous yeah. distance. It's like a very vertical town. Um, yeah. And it turns out that her daughter witnessed it. So she's been on a mission of revenge since. Mm-hmm. Again, small world. You remember that buff, muscular guy that gave them the map in the first place? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so he's actually the father of that girl. Oh, weird. Okay. Yes. And they meet, right? Like she grows up. And, oh boy, does she ever grow up? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's juggy to the point of uh, almost being a disability. Um, anyway. Oh. Uh, so they meet on the road. And he ends up helping her, right, on her mission of revenge. Like, he's, he's, I guess he doesn't connect, like, oh, those are those guys I met in that town, because they were kids at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's, like, training her. And uh, anyway, at one point, they part ways so she can go off and complete her revenge. And he, in the meanwhile, uh, by funny coincidence, meets up with uh, Vito, or or Vito, anyway, <laughs> the 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 wizard part of the duo and he's just like he, he's he's in the meanwhile gotten married and and you know his wife's pregnant and they, they're entertaining him at their home right yeah and this is like the end of the thing like not quite after credits but sort of he that guy the the muscular guy has this moment where he realizes that he's like he didn't know this whole time that he was training his daughter mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing where Okay, you see him, he, like, he's eating, and then all of a sudden he, like, goes wide-eyed and straightens up. And then on one side of his head, there's the face of the uh, the mugger woman, the criminal. Yeah, yeah. And then they show his face on the other side of him, and they, <laughs> like, drift toward each other until yeah. they meet and morph into the woman <laughs> that he's been training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so beautiful. There's so many funny stuff. Oh, and also, this... this uh, Again, for people who haven't followed our previous talks on the, this, uh, there's no dialogue in these things. Yeah. They're practically Sims or or <laughs> Inklings, right? <laughs> they, they just, it's really funny that there's, you know, the voice cast in the credits, but everybody's just like, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> throughout the entire thing. Um, yeah, I meant, I meant to look more into this, but, you know, I'll, I'll follow it up for next week. I'll, I'll. Maybe watch the rest of uh, Tales of Alethrion. It's got mm. it. It has a fully funded board game, which I don't think has been sh- released and shipped. Mm. Um, and it has an RPG that I like to know more about too. Yeah. Okay. I it's it, it's a cool thing. It makes me wonder though if the RPG will either elevate or diminish it. Like, are we better off n- uh, not knowing very much about this? You know. Yeah. Are we, good point. Are we better off not knowing very much about the monster that we saw on screen for 10 seconds before they killed it, you know? Right. Um, also, would you want the RPG to represent these animated shorts? You know what I mean? Like, hmm. most RPGs play like RPGs. They play yeah. more or less the same. Um, like, for example, way back in the day, there was a Robotech RPG and there was like nothing about romance in that thing, right? There was like, there were rules for how to uh, uh, shield your mecha from missiles with your arms and sacrifice your arms because it happened to one episode, <laughs> right? But really, 
really, if they wanted to represent Robotech, there'd be like rules or at least advice for role-playing love triangles and stuff, right? Hmm, yeah. Yeah, so in this case, I was thinking, before I look at what the RPG is like, what would I want in there? Well, I think for one, this issue of like small world and, and recurring NPCs would be a part of it. So yeah. you'd really have to keep a list of NPCs and make sure that, you know, they recur or that you'd meet, you know, the one person's brother or, you know, every adventure would be like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing. Okay. So a lot of uh, role-playing games have important downtimes, you know, so between your sessions, what you do is you establish your thieves guild or you, you craft your item or yeah, yeah. etc. In this case, based on a lot of this series being montages, I think what you would do was you would shorthand the adventures you have in between the role-played adventures, you know? So it yeah. would be like, yeah. So it would be like, yeah, we, uh, we totally uh, fought our way through the cave of spiders and found a magic sword, but it was cursed, you know? And then you'd, <laughs> you'd outline like two or three of those things between your adventures. Yeah. I could see like, you know, uh, how would I, this is just off the top of my head here. Yeah. But like, in lieu of money, mm -hmm. there would be, I don't know, adventure points or something. And so, yeah. like, you know, whereas, you know, in a D&D &D or something, you'd say, like, okay, so while we're in town here, I want to uh, stop by the shop and see if I can buy a, uh, you know, a plus one short sword. Mm -hmm. Right? But in this case, it would be like, okay, I have... 35 adventure points. So let me explain the adventure that I'm going to go on to get this plus one short sword. Like mm, you don't yeah, yeah. buy it from a store. It's like an item has a certain number of adventure points. And like, then you have to like describe the adventure that you went on to obtain it instead of just buying it. You could do it both ways where mm -hmm. for, for players that did want to just say, I bought it. Yeah. You could just spend treasure, but for others, the treasure would be to fund the expedition, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, I, it'd be good for, like, the modern day, there's a lot of very narrative-based role-playing games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that could be very rich for, like, helping your game master. Because they could, they could look through your history and go, oh, he did that. Well, maybe this story is the revenge of, like, <laughs> the son of the demon he killed off screen you know oh or, sure yeah like sorry. your little or, adventure to get that plus one short sword is like sure oh. or, or or not off screen but i mean like killed in three seconds <laughs> yeah yeah you know screen time yeah so yeah yeah i don't know uh, next week i'll report it and say like oh no it's just a game where you roll 2d6 and try to get over a number and <laughs> you know yeah we'll see we'll see yeah. um apart from that i feel like i've had a very thin week or have like I've done things that I'm, I'm saving to discuss, you know? Well, um, that's okay. I'll say that since since we did recently reviewed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, I watched Awkward Ashley watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Boy, I saw that and was yeah. so excited to watch it. And I watched yeah. the first few minutes of it. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I was like, I can't do this right now. I don't know what it is. Like, if that movie is just not... I'm not feeling it or what, but okay. You well, go ahead. Cause I know what you're talking about, but I haven't really watched it. 
Well, I won't really talk about the way she felt about the movie and the joke she made about them, but the movie itself, you know, it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll step out. I'll step a degree higher than this. I'll get a bird's eye view of the way uh-huh. I watch movies. Yeah, sure. Movies, I, movies I like. Sure. I watch them normally. Um, but sometimes uh, I'll just do this where like I'll watch somebody like I've only watched the series Haikyuu once, but I sure have watched it multiple times watching people react to seeing it for the first time. Oh, you know? yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. There's there's sort of like it's sort of a change. Like uh, I, I'd watch series or movies, but then maybe I'd watch director's commentary, you know, mm. or actor's commentary to them, which yeah. is sort of like a different kind of rewatch. And now there's this version of the modern day, <laughs> you know, just just watching a YouTuber watch the thing. Oh, um, yeah. I've I love watching people uh watch Monty Python things for the first time. Uh yeah. <laughs> sometimes it, you know, oftentimes I'm like yeah, or they'll they'll watch The Beggar in Life of Brian kind of hopping yeah. around. And mm. they're always like, "Why is he hopping around like that?" I'm like, "Because he's Michael Palin and he's a comedic genius. That's why." <laughs> uh, but also yeah. there's yeah. a recurring one that annoys me, which is a lot sometimes they'll be like I I swear it's like one person who's subscribed to like a million reactor Patreons and suggests the same thing to all of them at the same time, because then all the reactors start doing it at once. Mm-hmm. And for a while there, there was the biggest dickus scene in Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. And it annoyed me to no end, because apparently the only version of that that's on YouTube is subtitled. So... The whole joke of Pontius Pilate's, Pilate's uh, speech impediment is oh. gone because you're reading the words. And I'm like, you know, they're still finding it funny and laughing. But I'm like, no, you can't read it. You have to listen to Michael Palin say it. Uh, <laughs> that's speaking of the way people watch things now. It sure seems like a lot of people watch things with subtitles. Hmm. Yeah, like uh, Raven does that, but also, well, and her sister and her mom, I, well, I don't know her mom, but uh, but then I'll see it like, you know, on, on social media, Twitter, TikTok, memes, whatever, right? Mm. Where lots of people apparently do this. And I kind of get it because depending on the movie, you might have audio that's really hard to understand. Yeah. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand what it is with, uh, I think especially older British actors, you know, <laughs> that they have like a tradition of mumbling, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So you, you need it for that. But most of the time I turn them off, you yeah. know, especially if it's like a shared account where one person has them on, I'll flip it off. But yeah, I, I only really watch subtitles and anime, which makes sense because it's Foreign well, language. yeah, you, you, you need it, but, but, uh, but if it's, you know, yeah, if it's an English language thing, like I'll, I'll never watch it with subtitles. It doesn't even occur to me. You know, uh, when I was showing Raven, um, Holy Grail, I was sabotaging it a little bit because I was laughing at weird moments. And <laughs> it was because, you know, I've seen that movie so many times. Right. So what I was laughing at was the strange, familiar look of a Gilliam kind of thing, you know, like. Uh, they look a certain way, you know, the way yeah. things will be out of focus. I mean, intentionally, right. Or kind of like, um, hand camera stuff and 
it's just so identifiable. It's kind of, and it's kind of nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, once upon a time, I had a point about the Ninja Turtle. It was so shallow. Uh, <laughs> I think I was, I think I was thinking about, um, <laughs> particularly Tatsu. Remember Tatsu from the Ninja Turtles movie? No. He's, uh, Sh- Shredder's underling. He's that guy oh. who's like, mm, yeah, go play. That guy, the guy that grunts all the time, you know, and mm. Casey Jones has a fight with him at the end. <laughs> I guess I, I have not seen that movie very many times. Well, yeah, basically he grunts a lot, right? Okay. And I can't remember where from, I think, I think it's from a fan Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle beat up game that they okay. included Tatsu in it <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as a boss. I think he throws daggers or something. Yeah, all right. Um, and that's very in the tradition of Konami, right? Where they would like put anything in those turtles games, oh, right? Yeah. It didn't. It didn't matter. Like, oh, it's from the Archie comics. It's going in, right? It's, <laughs> it's from the movies. It's go like. Remember a uh, turtle tournament fighter? Yeah. Boy, I wish I could credit the YouTuber. I can't think of who he is now, but uh, uh, he analyzed who the heck is Asuka from Turtle Tournament Fighter, and the <laughs> best he could best he could figure. From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, where they go back in time to Japan, to Japan <laughs> there is a character in there who is technically named Asuka. And that's, that must be who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Where's Ninjara? <laughs> that's a funny name. Uh, she's a cat, right? You know what? I've just it's I've just recently come to the realization that I think that she is an animal called a Kinjara. That makes sense. It does. Like when I saw I I was just I'm not 100 percent sure of this, so I could be wrong. But I think I was browsing around the Internet one day and I saw the word Kinjara and I was like, oh, is that what she is? Huh. You know what's funny here? Yeah. I'm just Googling it to look it up. Yeah. And this all loops back to Nintendo properties because Ninjara is also a character in arms. So, oh, yeah, he's screwing up all the Googling. <laughs> you have to look up Ninjara TMNT, I guess. Yeah, there we go. Ninjara's Raphael's girlfriend, I think. Yes. Which is a little diminishing, I suppose. I suppose she, she she's a ninja in her own right. Oh, yeah, yeah. She has a, is it plantigrade gate? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, digitigrade, plant- digitigrade. Di- yeah, she's got, di- oh yeah, digitigrade where it's, where it's on the toes. Yeah. On the digits. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a picture that's comparison of different iterations of Raphael and Ninjara kissing. So yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I think I had a good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. So the same way that Arms Ninjara screws up um, trying to Google TMNT Ninjara, Silver Spoon is rather hard to Google. I didn't go for the pizza transition between turtles and... Okay. I'm Uh, screwed up. Yeah. (laughs) There's all kinds of different ways. Yeah, yeah, Silver Spoons, not the sitcom, but uh, an anime, which, like all anime, is based on a manga. Uh, I haven't seen it, except for this one episode. I haven't read it. Mm. Um, 
What I have gleaned from looking at the internet is that it's about this guy named Hugo Hatchigan, who, oh boy, there's a lot of similar names here. Uh, huh. Basically, he he wants to go to this one high school, but he flunks out of the entrance exams. So he's he he just doubles down on his determination. He's filled with determination like he's saving his game in Undertale. And he enrolls in the Uezo Agricultural High School, hmm. I think, uh, where basically he's going to learn how to be a farmer, I guess. Yeah, he's kind of, I guess he's kind of a burnout, but well, he also, he also kind of thinks he's going to smoke the school full of uh, hicks and rubes. Yeah, actually, I, I'm reading Uezo, mm. but uh, I think it's Ezono. In, that sounds in, more correct. As all know in the show. Um, yeah. Whatever. Basically, but he doesn't actually want to be a farmer. It's just the school that he got into. And he's mm. he wants to do the absolute best he can. But also, he's jealous of the other people there who actually know that they, they're they there because they have a, 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 a vocation that they want to get into. And he's jealous of the idea that people know what they want to do with their lives. And he doesn't. Hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of the basics of it. Now, there's various characters and stuff, but uh, I don't know. We can get into it. Um, how's this go? So, basically, it starts off with the... This is episode four, which is called... Uh, what did I say the guy's name was? Hatchikin? Hatchikin. Hatchikin, Hatchikin. Yeah. Hatchikin bakes a pizza. Or bakes pizza, rather. Hmm. Um, and he's getting his midterm exams back on uh, one of the subjects mm. and he only gets 98 hmm. percent and his friends are like wow but he's just looking at all the people who got a hundred percent even though aggregating all the scores from all the midterms he's the top of the class mm. but he's still just i oh, screwed up by two percent so now we go to another scene where the boys are coming back from horseback riding and they're sore. Uh, and then there's a another guy, Nishikawa, I believe his name is. This guy looks like he's going to be the villain, but then he's oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's driving a tractor. Uh, none of this really matters to the plot of this episode. Maybe it matters to the greater plot, but... The only thing of any importance is really when they meet up with the teacher named, and I wrote this down, Nakajima, uh, mm. who kind of says, oh, yeah, students are allowed to do whatever they want with the the stuff that they make, like the produce and stuff, just as long as it right. doesn't interfere with their school projects. So like, hmm, that's interesting. Anyway, now, skipping ahead a little bit, it's cleanup time. And everybody is given a hectare of the gigantic campus that they live on to clean up. And while Hatchigan is cleaning up his, he finds a brick oven in the trash. And later, while he's looking up on the Internet what you can do with a brick oven, he kind of he's reading off the oh, you can make this, you can make you can make pizza. And when he says pizza, everyone goes oh, pizza. Who said pizza? Because it turns out you can't get pizza delivered out here. And right. most of the kids have actually never even had pizza. And they're like, oh, man, pizza. 
And Hatchkin's like, oh, I mean, we could probably make some. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll have pizza this Saturday. You make it. Bye. And just like that, Hatchkin, who another trait of his personality, I guess, is that he's too nice to say no. Right. Well, he's also got a tipping point that that when Aki likes the idea of pizza. Oh, that's like, yeah, right. Yeah. He has a crush. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'll dig pizza. Yeah, By the I way, about that. It, it's kind of quaint to think all these guys are just like, pizza? I've never had a pizza. And, you know, that they're so far in the boonies that they can't get pizza delivered. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a story. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe. Uh, Patrick Stewart says he's, the when he was working on Next Generation, was the first time he'd ever had pizza. Hmm. And like when he was a kid, he and his brother thought the song went, when the moon hits your eye, like a big piece of pie. Yeah. Because a pi- a pizza was just like, what the heck is that? Yeah. But, well, you know, you know, like I can even remember thinking back to when we were kids mm-hmm. that getting ordering a pizza is something people did, but it was like a special thing. And now it's just like, you know, the now we live in an age of. DoorDash and skip the dishes and so on and you can get anything and you know you get pizza by the slice when you're you know in town or whatever there are but, at least four different pizza places five if you count 7-eleven um hmm. in easy walking distance of my home uh, right in, so in different fact era. in fact after watching this episode I went and got Domino's <laughs> <laughs> oh no though <laughs> Domino's hey, well Listen, here's my controversial opinion. Okay. Most Domino's pizza is kind of meh. But that's not controversial. <laughs> but just okay. plain pepperoni. Okay. Is one of the best just plain pepperoni pizzas around. Okay. Anytime I try something else, like if I add, you know, sometimes on the app, I'll get enough points that I get a free two topping pizza. And so I'll add bacon to it or something. Or mm. I'll, I'll get... I'll, I'll, I'll get uh, curious. I'll be like, what if I get uh, this kind of fancy, you know, pizza or pepperoni feast or whatever? And it's never satisfying. Like, okay. it's kind of, there are certain restaurants I'm discovering now. I'm, I'm sort of realizing how many there are where mm. they have an item that is the best thing on their menu. But right. also, it's the only good thing on their menu. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mysteriously, right? Like, how can you get one hamburger so right (laughs) and then the others are so bad? How is that possible? Yeah, like Quiznos. It's like, okay, the chicken carbonara is Hmm. the only truly good sandwich that they make. Um, And I'm starting to learn that Subway, the meatball sub, is the only good sandwich they make. Um, Boy, I don't know trying, about Subway. I've been trying other ones, and it's like, uh, I don't know about this. Subway's kind of like, or... kind of good, kind of gross, and right down to the smell of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what were we talking about? Pizza, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking pizza. about, yeah, Hutchkin being uh, strong-armed into making pizza yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so then he starts thinking about how he's going to make this pizza. He's thinking about all the things that they're going to need. They're going to need dough. They're going to be tomato sauce. They're going to need cheese. They're going to need vegetables there. And he's, <laughs> he's thinking about the expense of it. It's like, oh, this is going to be hard. I don't know how I'm going to get this stuff. And I'm like, you live on a farm, dude. 
You have everything. Well, you it, know, I guess when he heard him. it earlier, it didn't have any connection to him when he said, you know, you can use stuff if you have a project. Well, I don't know. Like, I didn't even think about that part. In fact, that yeah. when they came back to that, I was like, oh, yeah. right. They did say that. I was just oh. more like, you've got everything right here. Like, why are you freaking out about? I mean, yeah, making pizza from scratch is not easy, but you are literally where pizza comes from, dude. What can, what can you say? Him, he's a city. He's, he's a city boy. He's yeah, got city boy answers. So. He, yeah, he like, like that episode of Centaur World where the horse is explaining where food comes from. It's like you just stomp your foot like this and open your mouth. Oh, <laughs> I guess that doesn't work. Um, mm. Yeah. So anyway, it takes him half the episode to realize that uh, they actually have the stuff to make pizza there. And then other uh, students start actually offering to help like this one guy is going to make the tomato sauce. There's a girl. Um, what's her name? Hang on. Let me look at the wiki. Her name is yeah. uh, Yoshino. Yoshino. Yeah. And she wants to open a cheese shop, which I the only <laughs> I keep going off on tangents, but the only real reference to a cheese shop that I knew of was the cheese shop sketch in Monty Python. And I've just recently discovered that there is actually a cheese store in Vancouver. Yes. Blew my mind. I was like, they, they, those exist stores that just sell cheese. That's crazy. But sure. Yeah, apparently they are. And anyway, she figures, well, there's probably a place to make cheese around here. And they find the cheese making room. But then they're looking at the map and like, there doesn't seem to be a place to actually store cheese where we would get cheese. But I guess on a hunch... They check out uh, Nakajima's office just as he's in there breaking into a secret compartment in the floor. It's where he keeps all his Gouda. Hmm. And I guess Japanese people like Gouda. Like Hachiken says, you know, the internet says that we need mozzarella. But Yoshiko, Yo- Yoshino rather. Who's Yoshiko? Hmm. I don't know. Yoshino is like, oh no, Japanese people actually really like Gouda. So this is fine. I like Gouda. And I like Gouda too. And I'm curious what a pizza with Gouda instead of mozzarella would taste like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that's and that's kind of how this goes, where there's other people who are like, oh, I can get firewood and I can <laughs> get uh, vegetables yeah. and I can the, make that, dough. And they actually hmm? blackmail that Buddha looking teacher. Oh, yeah. Not, oh, not, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. actually important where they're like, you know, they they kind of like if we can have your. If we can have your Gouda, we won't tell anybody where we got it. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, the engineering department helps repair and clean up the uh, the oven. Hmm. There was something else I was going to say, but now I've forgotten what it was. I've derailed you. It was about the preparation? About the vegetables? The... Uh, it was, was it about something. Oh, the... I remember it was. It was the yeah. little side plot where he's starting to wonder because part of farm life is taking care of the livestock and oh, yes. he's got a little pig which he has named pork bowl mm. and now he's starting to question oh i'm probably gonna have to butcher this pig and eat it someday mm. uh, because also they need bacon for their pizza i don't know i mean i used to have a bunch of japanese pizza menus but um you know bacon is a legitimate pizza topping but it's not the first meat I would think of if I'm putting a meat on a pizza. 
Hmm. It's the the second, as I said earlier. Um, So, yeah, he's kind of conflicted about, oh, do I really have it in me to butcher a pig? Pig watch. What do you think of this pig? Um, they're cute. The pigs in the show. Uh, but there's a little division. I wish they were a little more realistic. Like they draw the cows in the show. Mm. So it's, it's fine, but it could have been better. Yeah. And they're trying to make it look like a cute little pet. Mm. Um, fortunately they don't need to worry about pork bowl because there's older pigs that they've already butchered into bacon. So they have the bacon. Um, I think it's just kind of, hmm? That's, I see this on discussion groups all the time for this, this particular episode. Yeah. There's a bit where I don't remember his name, but he's Tomiko's older brother who gives him a sample of the bacon. And they're like, yeah, I I always eat chunks of raw bacon. Yeah. I was like, I I was watching him like, you're not going to eat that, are you? And then he did. And I'm like, um. Well, people, people are just like, okay, it's either that it's really food safe Mm -hmm. or that it's, you know, cured. So it's like, you could eat that. It's like prosciutto. Hmm. Okay. So I'll buy it. It's like, you know, it's, it's sealed and it's like plastic wrap. I'll, I'll buy that. It's cured bacon. Yeah. I guess there are like, I, um, in the job that I'm working for, I, uh, make the cryoprotectant to protect fish to be made into, uh, surimi, which is to say like fish paste that's used in artificial crab meat and stuff or not artificial imitation crab meat, uh, mm. which is Pollock. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, obviously there's sushi and sashimi, like eating raw fish is, yeah, it's very much a thing. Uh, hmm. So I guess I can see a world in where, oh, and steak tartare, like raw beef, like that is something that people eat. So I guess I can see a world where people just eat raw pork, but. Uh, hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's good. Like as long as you don't have to worry about trichinosis and I'm pretty sure that they probably take care of it pretty well. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, just... these these pigs raised by students who are just learning how to do it. Hey. Um, anyway, it's pretty much kind of montagey from here and until mm. we get to the actual pizza party where Hatchken Hatchken makes yeah. the, oh that's another thing that I wanted to mention about this. This uh, I always knew. I don't know Japanese, but I know a little bit about the language. Okay, and I know that the U is generally underplayed. Like, uh, it depends if it's like on the end of a word and usually the can, S can, like, you know, des as opposed to desu, but you listen to old people, old people will say desu. So, you know, yeah. but like, I remember like there's a guy at work named Tat and he's, he's yeah. a Japanese guy. And I one day asked him, I was like, is your full, what is your full name? Is it, I'm guessing it's like Tatsuya. Now that's spelled Tatsuya, but I said yeah. Tatsuya and yeah. he accepted that because that actually was his name. And he was like, how did you know that? Um, Mm. and what I've learned from this, just reading the subtitles, but listening to what's said, the I in Hatchiken is really underplayed as well. They kind of say it Mm. like Hatchken. Mm. I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know they did that with other vowels, but here we are. You you know, what trips everyone up is uh, long vowels. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Like Ichiro, uh, the, the, the baseball playing jock (laughs) guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much that, but you, you, you certainly sound. I think I think most Japanese people would understand what you mean if you don't say the long vowel correctly, or you, you know, you you make a long vowel isn't supposed to be, but you'd mm. sure sound like a foreigner, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't like like this guy's this guy's first name, Yugo. No. 
the yeah. the U in Yugo is a long U, and I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Yugo. Uh, uh, yeah, basically, but, and then double consonants as well, like the 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 chubby roommate is uh, Beppu, right, for his last name. That I actually do know how to do. Um, I oh, read okay. a I read a book about Japanese language once, and it it used the example of the English words hit tune, like huh? like a hit song. It was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. oh yeah, that uh, bad guy by Billy Ellis. That's a hit tune, and that ah, you know, okay. that little catch there, and also listening to the Nintendo Direct where they. Um, uh, they introduced the Smash Brothers character. Um, what's his name? The fighter guy. Fighter Kazuya. Guy. Kazuya. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tekken, yeah. From Tekken. And we always say Tekken. But yeah. then I listened very carefully to what the guy in the video was yeah, yeah. saying. And he said Tekken. Right, right. So, like, I know how to do double consonants, but I don't know how to do double vowels. Mm. Kind of say it twice. You well, go. I'll tell you for this show, for Animation Seller, I mean, that I, uh, I'll i practice the weird pronunciations of things. Like, <laughs> I haven't heard yet what it sounds like when I'm trying to say thermi romai, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's terrible. <laughs> everything goes out Everything goes out the window once the we start recording, right? Yeah. I actually looked that one up because I had to put it yeah. in the description of the episode. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I still have it written down. Thermae romae novae. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so pizza party. Yeah. Uh, they get, they bake pizza. Um, yeah. And there's way more people there than he expected, but fortunately they right. have lots of supplies. Uh, they bake the pizza. They're all really excited. It comes out. Hatchken gets the first uh, slice and mm. he bites into it and starts laughing. And for a moment, I was like, is this going to be a thing where he's like, they put in all this effort and it's terrible, it's terrible. And it's yeah. like, and he can only just see the humor in it. No, but then, it's, it's... but then other people start eating it and they all start laughing too. And they describe that it's so good. It makes you laugh. I guess it's, it's magic pizza. Well, it's joyous. Like for him who hasn't had pizza in a while and for them who've never had it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pizza. Yeah. So the, hmm? the perfect food, you might say, yeah, I guess. So, yeah, uh, they all get their pizza and they're all happy. Um, I think there there are plans like some administrator woman is thinking about ways that they could monetize this, like invite the public oh, that's, to a pizza yeah, party. Tomoko. Yeah. The uh, yeah. yeah. She's like a very business minded student. And they're you know, there's like small talk about, oh, where'd you get the Gouda? And like, yeah, that's a secret. And then. Na, na, uh, uh, Nakajima is like, oh! yeah. um, and yeah, um, Hachiken makes nice with his crush, uh, mm. gives him some tea and it gets ruined by the other students. And that's pretty much the end of it. Sure. Sure. Um, well, yeah. So the thing that struck me about this, like I said, there mm-hmm. was the one guy who I thought, oh, this guy's going to be the villain. But There's then it no turns villain. out he's a friend. Yeah. There is no villain. Yeah. This is a yeah. an anime where like everybody gets along. Sure. They're all legitimately friend. They're all legitimately friends or at least friendly. Like nobody is antagonistic. I mean, maybe some of the teachers are to some extent, but like there's no weird like classroom rivalries here. It's like everybody's legitimately trying to be friendly and help each other. You know, I get tired a lot of the endless amounts of high school anime out there. Yeah. 
I love it when I get something different and this is different. Like mm-hmm. the idea of an agricultural school. And, and also this particular episode that it's just like some enterprising project, you know, yeah. some endeavor that it's it's kind of neat. I like it. It's positive. It is. Yeah. Um, but also, I do have to say that's kind of the only thing that I found particularly noteworthy about it. Because in other oh, yeah? respects, it's just kind of an anime. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But the good feeling of, about it, like, made me happy. Because that's that, it's very much like the state that I am in now in my current job, which mm. I say it's my new job, but I'm three months into it now. Um, and one of the things that I like the best about it is the staff that I work with. Like, everybody gets along. Like, the worst I can say is that I don't know some people that well because they work in a different area or whatever. Um, mm. But it's all so friendly. Like, everybody gets along. We're all joking around about stuff in the locker room. Like, I had a day where I had to work, uh, like, an hour and a half overtime. And I was walking home afterwards. And my thought wasn't, oh, man, I had to stay until 7 o'clock tonight. My thought was of the joking around about going to Burger King that me and the other two guys that had to stay late were doing in the locker room afterwards. Okay. Like, cause it was just such a, it's, it's such a positive work environment there. And so seeing something just like that, like this school, you know, Hatchkin, I don't think he appreciates how good he's got it. Like, he's just like jealous of everybody cause they know what they want to do with their lives and he doesn't, but right. he's, I think he's got to learn, like he's in a fairly good place here i mean you know it's only gonna last for high school but like you're surrounded by good people well it's also kind of fun okay so um yeah like recommending this and then i started just watching it again like i watched a whole bunch of the first season again yeah yeah i really like the show it's from um hiromu arakawa who's the manga creator who made full metal alchemist this is a series she made after Full Alchemist. wow i did not know that you wouldn't it kind of amazing right full metal yeah. alchemist and silver spoon huh. um well, full metal alchemist is super popular yes and don't get me wrong i like it too both series they've adapted it twice <laughs> um but i like full metal alchemist with reservations and i just straight up like silver spoon mm. um and yeah like you're talking about these, these kids all know what they want to do like watching some of those earlier episodes like for example he really does think like oh this is this is going to be easy mode going to the school right but then like that it's it's well they have uh expertise like in some in some ways the school is more advanced than other high schools Mm -hmm. right and that they have like um there was a discussion about the viability of cloning animals, you huh. know, for example. And he's like, what is this? Is this college? What's going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's just um, hyper-focused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, just, you said, just feel good stuff. Like uh, there was an example of, uh, I, I didn't watch the episode again where it was, but I, I remember it surely um, where somebody gives him a taste of fresh milk from the farm. Oh yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess, right? And he goes up and has a sip. And yeah. then he has, he has like, an epiphanal moment, right? Yeah. Like, there's sparkles all over. And he gets down to the ground and bows to the guy, right? Because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
Yeah. Um, I think that's the story of this. Like, it's really feel good. Like, yeah, you're not going to have like some jerk who's there's a rivalry and it's like, oh, this guy is like bringing everything down and causing hardships or whatever. It's like, no, this is like people working together for a common good. And this one guy who's like just thrown into this situation and just kind of becoming amazed at what life in this agricultural school is actually like and how yeah, it's actually kind of good with it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, th- and it's occasionally very funny too. Like, you know, that really tiny principal. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's like pretty much toddler size. The principal yeah. He's, school. he's very small with very big eyes. So there's a bit where like Hodgkin is, I think he, it's him. He's, he's, he's in a barn mm-hmm. and he's, he's mulling over his problem. And all of a sudden, you get startled by a voice, and the principal's just like standing on these hay bales next to him, <laughs> right? And he gives him some wise advice, and he's like, "Oh God, well, thank you very much." And he leaves, and then it's, the shot hangs on the principal there. <laughs> darn, darn it! I forgot to ask him to get me down from here. I, yeah, he saw that <laughs> yeah. jump coming. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. So yeah. 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 It's, uh, Silver Spoon, a.k.a. Uh, Gin no Saji. Yeah. Uh, oh, they explain that title, too. It's just it, what's what you think. There's this there's a silver spoon uh, outside the cafeteria. And uh, Aki describes to him that uh, it just it, it's there from the European idea that if a child has a silver spoon in its mouth, it'll never be hungry. But Oh, hmm. OK. Also, you know. Uh, we should probably try some Gouda cheese pizza sometime. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. And, and guess what? What? Our, our sponsor this week in the oh. line of Geppel's goo. Oh no. Geppel's, Geppel's comestibles is Geppel's goo. Duh. Oh, it's right. a, it's a non-dairy goo based substitute. Are you lactose intolerant? Not to worry, this food is equally hard on everyone. <laughs> it's delivered from the future, across the galaxy, from planet Primus, and right to your door. And good news to international listeners of this podcast, it also delivers to the United Kingdom and Australia now. Oh, finally. That's Geppel's Gouda and Geppel's Goo. Yeah. The power of the goo and the way of the magic. Yeah, for the... Power and honor of Grey Skull. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because part of my job is also one of the many products that we package is actually a product that we call analog, which is some kind of <laughs> it's some kind of powder made of potato starch and sea salt that's used yeah. in making vegan cheese substitute. I sure could go for some analog right now. Yeah. Well, it's it. It tipped me off as like, there's this analog cutting board. And like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And here's analog cheesy Mac. And like, yeah, because you're like, what? Where's the digital cutting board? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, apparently I make or I help with the production of uh, vegan cheese and vegan cheesy Mac. So that's fun. Um, speaking now, of food? Yeah, speaking, food of, uh, speaking of men <laughs> who do things... Oh. <laughs> Uh, okay. Let's go on to this. All right. <laughs> it's the Mr. Men Show. Yeah, it is. Uh, based on books originally created by Roger Hargreaves in 1971. Yeah. 
as long as and literally as long as we have been alive, these books have existed. Yes, we'll get to that. Mr. Men started as a series of children's books, children's books, as I said, in the 70s by Roger uh, Hargreaves. Yeah. Each book detailed a simplistically designed, typically bright colored man who exhibited a singular trait that their name embodied. For example, Mr. Strong was, as you might guess, quite strong. Mr. Grumpy was, like me, the embodiment of grumpiness. Of course. And Mr. Happy was insufferable. Yeah. Well, by I the mean, way, you, you call Mr. Happy insufferable, but Mr. Tickle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, when I describe these characters as men, they really are more like Muppets. <laughs> you know, am I a Muppet of a man? Uh, oh, so, man. Oh, man. <laughs> when, they, <laughs> when they got the actor who plays Sheldon in Big Bang Theory to be the human version of that Muppet, I lost my mind. It was so good. It was good. It was good. That song won um, the Academy Award for Best Original Song, too. Why not? Yeah. It's a musical. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Mr. Men, in the 80s, the books spun off into a series called Little Miss. Much the same, but with female characters. They often also featured a Mr. Man in them to establish a bigger connected world. And as a child of the 80s, I had lots of these books. And that was the extent of my relationship to the Mr. Men Little Missiverse. Did you have any of these books, Matsy? I probably did, but I think my suspicion is that most of my exposure was reading the books in the school library as opposed to owning them. Um, I do kind of remember like seeing in the periphery the little miss books and going oh there's there's girl ones now um well that were published when we were alive <laughs> yeah but it was like they came after right i was i had outgrown those books i guess where i was like They're i remembered s- the books existing yeah. and then i saw the little miss books and like oh this is still going huh i'm nostalgic thinking of the square books the glossy covers yeah. and uh as, when I was reading, I, you know, just other little nostalgic bits, like if the uh, character's name was too long, it oh, yeah. wasn't formatted to fit. Instead, it just kind of curled and went down the side of the of the page. Yeah. Um, outside of the cover. Uh, so anyway, I'm, you know, what, I'm astounded to find out how much more there is to this. Yeah. So after uh, Roger Hargreaves death in the 80s, his son took over creating the stories. And as recently as 2019, Little Miss Inventor was added to the roster of characters. I did not know they were still making them. Yeah. And there are even books with lessons for adults. Huh. Isn't that funny? So if you grew up with it, you can find like there's one I think about how um, I don't remember the exact title, but the moral of it is that by cleaning up, you can have a more organized life and eat healthier. (laughs) <laughs> right okay. it's like all right <laughs> yeah yeah so um <laughs> little miss marie Kondo. yes <laughs> <laughs> um sanrio that's the hello kitty company mm. bought the rights to merchandise the characters and this is funny even in further consideration of the monies some characters have been created purely as commercials <laughs> so there's one called mr glug for evian water <laughs> And, you know, this shouldn't surprise me because everybody has a cosmetic line, but there's Mr. Men nail polish. Oh, man. (laughs) It's 
crazy. Oh, you mentioned that it's left ha- left handed day today. Yeah, apparently, as we were recording. Yeah. So when I looked up the uh, Mr. Men Facebook, it had a picture of Mr. Tickle celebrating left handed day. <laughs> I think he's ambidextrous, but yeah, well, anyway. he, apparently, yeah, but maybe he'll just put one hand behind his back for today. You know what? He tickles with both hands. He writes with his left. <laughs> um, OK. okay. Uh, yeah. So today I'm going to be looking at the Mr. Men show, but I was astonished to learn that there was an animated series from before we were born. Yeah, there's. A, yeah. And also in researching, I was reminded that there was a Mr. Men and Little Miss show in the 90s. Hmm. Anyway, uh, the Mr. Men show is one of these series where each episode is broken into two half episodes. And clever lad that he is, Matsy, has bridged two unconnected episodes together to fit today's theme of food. Yeah, and then after the fact, I discovered that there's like a million episodes that are all food-based. I think there's so many. I think there's one so called many. Pizza, which I was like, ah, oh, if I had known. Yes, um, well, you, we, we don't know what we're yeah, going to recommend. Yeah, we, yeah. there's no way yeah, I so. could have known, but still. Um, I could have so followed up the Ninja Turtles one with it, though. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well... Good ones anyway. So the first one is entitled Food, mm. which is written by Kate Boutillier and Eric Casimiro in 2008. Yeah. So the narrator lets us know that the good people of Dillydale, that is to say the men's and the missus, love food. And we get a very look at various characters enjoying food like corn on the cob, burritos and freshly picked apples. Like most Mr. Men episodes, every moment is set for comic capers. So, for example, uh, Mr. Scatterbrain, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, the pink guy. He eats a banana, but carelessly tosses the peel and makes Mr. Bump slip. Oh, is this the tangly guy? No, Mr. Scatterbrain's like a big pink guy. He looks oh. like Mr. Greedy from the books. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know the guy. They, they changed the designs around. Anyway, um, the better joke, in my opinion, though, is Mr. Small keeping his corn on the cob vertically under his stovepipe hat. <laughs> Um, so then we get a little sketch where Mr. Quiet tries to order just a glass of water at Mr. Bounce's Bean Burger. His quietness is offset by the shouting cashier, Little Miss Calamity. She makes assumptions and orders up one bean burger and a blueberry smoothie. As a master of disaster, Miss Calamity's operation of the smoothie machine makes it explode because of a clog. And despite the horrendous mess, she serves Mr. Quiet, but only then properly hears that he just wanted some water. (laughs) And the chef and owner, Mr. Bounce, he bounces a lot. Now, would you feel awkward going into a fast food restaurant and ordering just a water? I was thinking that I was looking at it. I was like, ooh, I I wouldn't do that. Like, if I... Like some places... Some places in the States where it's hot enough to die, or maybe even central Canada, or eat, everywhere in Canada but where we live, maybe there you would. I have seen someone, like, in a Starbucks just ask for water. Yeah. Well, like, uh, Raven will get her drink, but she'll also get some water. Oh, she, like, if, that's, if that's you're not getting bad. something else, then absolutely. But I wouldn't yeah. go into, you know, McDonald's and just say, uh, could I just have a water, please? Right. With the expectation that I wouldn't go pay for it. <laughs> Happy to have a water? Happy yeah, yeah. A- yeah. He's kind of like um, Milton from Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, so next, Mr. Messy uses a hand-operated juicer to squish citrus fruits, probably oranges, and he makes a horrid mess, as is right for his idiom. <laughs> uh, this juicer is going to be a running gag on the show. Yeah. Uh, we transition to Mr. Nervous having a daymare about being in a boat and menaced by a monster. <laughs> he's pulled back to reality where he's at a salad bar when fellow purple person, Miss Naughty, tries to scare him by hiding a plastic bug in the lettuce. He doesn't trust the quality of the lettuce, though, so she keeps suggesting a new item and switching where her bug is planted. But practically everything makes Mr. Nervous nervous. <laughs> Finally, he tries the sprouts, but he gets freaked out by an unwanted item. Mr. Tickle, who has joined them at the salad bar, identifies the scary item as the olive that must have slipped in with the sprouts. And Miss Naughty is kind of bummed that her prank went unnoticed. But Mr. Tickle, as is right for his idiom, begins tickling her. Man, Boy, she is not very she's not very subtle about how she's pulling this prank. <laughs> she's not very subtle, and Mr. Tickle is just a horrendous molester. Like, he would get me tooed so hard. It's amazing. Yeah, they've edited a lot, you know, and, and curated which Mr. Men and Little Misses get in this show. Yeah. But Mr. Tickle, I guess, is too classic not to have him in there. Yes. And by the way, Miss Naughty and Mr. Tickle sound like dating app profiles to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it's Mr. Strong's turn at the juicer. And he makes a mess of a watermelon because he's just too strong. And really, who juices a watermelon in a mixer, in a, in a device like that? Yeah. Anyway, um, Mr. Happy, <laughs> is, uh, no transitions. Well, there are, but not easy for me to get to. Mr. Happy is getting a ride with Mr. Persnickety to a restaurant. Uh, that it's a drive-in restaurant is bad enough for Mr. Persnickety, but worse is the presence of backseat stowaway Mr. Messy. Mr. Messy's a squiggle, you know, the kind that can woo a dot. Not in these episodes, but Mr. Prosnickety and Mr. Messy live in a duplex, like a house that's ha. two halves. Yeah. So. That's funny. There's that. They're the odd couple. Yeah. Um, so nonetheless, uh, Mr. Prosnickety is a reasonably good sport and goes along with ordering a bean burger on a stick, just like the others. Their roller skating car hops are rather disastrous choices. Mr. Bump and Miss Whoops, the two accident-prone characters. Yeah. Uh, they spill Mr. Messy's bowl of mustard all over Mr. Persnickety's upholstery. There's <laughs> <laughs> strange things that get me. I write them out and they're not funny, but a bowl of mustard. It's so weird. It's like he orders his bean burger. He's like, oh, can I also have a bowl of mustard? <laughs> yeah, so the bowl of mustard gets spilled. Uh, and then the waiters spill lemonade on Mr. Persnickety, too. Uh, anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, that's my girlfriend's favorite character. <laughs> little, Miss little Miss Whoops. <laughs> so we're back at the juicer. Mr. Nosy and Mr. Small find squeezing grapes in it to be too impractical. So instead, Mr. Nosy does some grape stomping, also known as treading, in a vat. <laughs> well, Mr. Um, Small plays an accordion. To make it really seem French or Italian, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next sketch. Mr. Grumpy is at a vending machine, but Mr. Nosy and Mr. Small jump in to second guess his decisions. 
and then the frustrated blue square takes off just to have soup at home. Laser rectangle. Anyway, um, Miss, <laughs> Miss Scary is at the juicer now, and she's squishing a speckled egg. Hmm. When it, <laughs> for when, for when egg it, juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I guess. It would, anyway, um, there's a more practical way to do that. But, but it, hmm. it turns out when it cracks, out comes a tiny screaming version of herself, and fittingly, it scares her away. <laughs> Nonsensical, but okay. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that I think Mr. Nervous dreams about, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, apparently, Mr. Loud owns a restaurant that serves nut patties. And this is something I've noticed in this. There are bean burgers and nut patties. Like, is meatlessness something in the Mr. Men show? Well, do you remember the next episode? Mr. <clears throat> Stubborn, what he wants? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, same, same deal. Yeah, um, I think this is a vegan society. Hmm. Although, having said that, uh, one of the sandwiches in the vending machine was tuna. And what Mr. Right. Ha uh, Small ends up eating, he's like, mmm, liverwurst. So, right. there is meat, but I guess there's not beef? Hmm. Maybe it's almond liver. I don't know. Um, so Boss Loud hires Mr. Lazy to be his fry cook. The name on the application should have been the giveaway. But anyway, um, and he assures him that flipping patties is so easy that even a monkey could do it. A monkey could do it. So Mr. Lazy gets himself a monkey in order to farm the workout to the simian. The monkey is too good at it, though. It makes more burger platters than waitress Miss Chatterbox can keep up with. Uh, despite not having done anything, Mr. Lazy quits because it's too much work for him. Well, what happens first is that the monkey is uh, offended that Miss Chatterbox thinks he's going too fast and quits. Yeah. So now Mr. Lazy's right. got to do it. And then Mr. Loud is like, oh, you're the best employee we've ever had. In fact, we want you to work uh, every day. And right. That's, true enough. That's the breaking true point enough. for Mr. Lazy. By the way, I'm glad they kept Mr. Loud's appropriately loud shoes when adapting his design. Oh, yeah. They even pointedly make a noise for his walking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this show is just a bunch of gags, more or less. Yeah. It makes it tricky to summarize. And it's kind of like um, when I gave you the groovy ghoulies to review. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, oh, so, oh, so let's move on. Let's get to uh, lunch now. Yeah. Uh, written by the same people next year. Uh, like before, the narrator introduces us to the topic lunch as it happens in Dillydale. And this means capers like Mr. Sh not, not the food, but comic capers like like Mr. Strong just shaking his lunch out of the fridge <laughs> or Little Miss Magic conjuring her meal. For some, it's a break from work, but for Mr. Lazy, it's a break from nothing before more nothing. Yeah. Okay, this leads to popular lunch spot, the Dillydale Cafeteria. Mr. Happy invites swell company Mr. Grumpy and Mr. Stubborn <laughs> to have lunch with him there. They're practically symbiotic in the way Mr. Grumpy complains and Mr. Stubborn complains about his complaining. Actually, though, Mr. Grumpy is pleased to find out that cafeterias are self-service, 
with no need to interact with a waiter. I'm telling you, he's me. <laughs> Mr. Grumpy is actually in a good mood, but Mr. Stubborn uh, doesn't want anything but spaghetti and bean balls. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the two in the, in the lineup are followed by Mr. Rude, who is rude. <laughs> Finally, Mr. Stubborn is willing to accept a slice of pie. But it comes with a side of Mr. Tickle. Those bad touch fingers make Stubborn flip his tray and splat Mr. Rude with his pie. And a food fight breaks out, which Mr. Happy joyously joins to. Yeah. I've never been in a food fight or seen one. Um, me like, neither. To a minor degree, like, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend throw a French fry at each other. Yeah. But yeah. Not like a, you know... <laughs> Every from from walls to ceiling is just covered in splats. Never seen one of yeah. those. I think people realize how expensive food is. Well, and how irritating cleaning is. Yeah, that too. Um, okay. Uh, so we get a wordless short drama at a picnic table that shows Mr. Fussy, previously known as Mr. Persnickety, uh, having to suffer. Hmm? This is actually. They, a, changed, hmm? they changed his name. Well. What actually happens, and I find this weird, he's Mr. Yeah. Fussy in the English version, by which I mean in England, and the yeah. North American version, he's Mr. Persnickety. Right. There's actually different, but I actually, the versions of these episodes that I found, one was the British version and one was the North American version. And so they have yeah. totally different voices and totally different accents oh. too. Which is weird because they're kind of, well, not, I guess they're not too British. Mr. Bounce is like Punjabi, I guess, but. Well, they're all hmm. in the in the British version. They're all different British accents, like a Scottish okay. one, a Welsh one. OK. Yeah. Well, I think it's more than that, because I read that they changed his name to like, that maybe they unified it. Oh, at this OK. Point. All right. Yeah. So Mr. Fussy, you know, the one that's a real a real pain in the butt. Um, actually, it's him who's having to suffer. Because he's near open mouth chewers, Mr. Messy and Miss Chatterbox. <laughs> Gross. Um, okay, so next. Little Miss Daredevil introduces us to a nifty compartmented lunchbox of her own design. Mr. Fussy can keep his egg salad cool in one compartment. But Mr. Messy has a special section for stinky cheese. But even better is that it functions as a jetpack. Which is a bad idea for Mr. Bump. But when he lands in the water, it's lucky that it's also a flotation device and is shark proof. Nonetheless, the shark steals his lunch. End of commercial. You know what? The version that I what? saw didn't have this sketch in it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. If you think you've seen Mr. Men, think again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like watching American Kids in the Hall. Oh, Wow. Oh, shoot. I meant to reference that earlier about uh, <laughs> about uh, Mr. Mr. Grumpy being in a good mood. Remember in Fran and Gordon? Oh, you gave me your bad mood. <laughs> anyway, kids in the hall side. Yeah, um, it's more of Mr. Bump now. He's wheeling a sandwich cart to sell sandwiches in an office. But in fact, it actually appears to be an animation studio. No doubt with a bunch of in jokes. Yeah, like. Which real-life animator is Mr. Lazy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mr. Bump fears the worst 
when Miss Whoops drives by in a ride-on floor waxer. But remarkably, given the nature of bump and whoops, it drives by without collision. Here's the misdirect. Miss Sunshine broadcasts the presence of the lunch cart on the intercom, so all the workers mob the poor guy. And then he gets run over by Miss Whoops. <laughs> and then for good measure, we get another short segment at the picnic table where Miss Whoops squirts the contents of her sandwich onto Mr. Bump. Uh, Mr. Bump's a sad guy, man. He's he's like an oval, but he's covered in bandages. Yeah. He has a catchphrase, um, which doesn't come up much in these episodes, where he says, yeah. oh, poopity poop. And... <laughs> We have previously established what I think of characters overusing the word poop in cartoons. Yeah. By the way, I beat, uh, I beat Delirium yeah. with uh, Tainted Blue Baby in The Binding of Isaac. Speaking of poop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll have Pig Watch, you have Poop Watch. Oh, so. No. <laughs> what happens when a pig poops? <laughs> Well, then it's a powerful nexus that, where that's, we tag team That's it. the last episode of Animation Celery. The finale. <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's over. <laughs> okay. So, on with this episode. Yeah. Mr. Fussy, Miss Chatterbox, Mr. Messy, and Mr. Quiet are on a nature walk to have a picnic in the woods. Fussy warns to be quiet so that they might spot the rarer horn-thrusted red spangler bird. But Mr. Quiet is too quiet when he points out the bird. Anyway, Mr. Fussy sets out a picnic blanket and a fancy spread. Just then, a bear spies them from the bush. Mr. Quiet sees it, but once again, he speaks too quietly, and Mr. Fussy can't hear him over the antics of Miss Chatterbox and Mr. F uh, uh, Mr. Messy. <laughs> I, because the bear is purple, and you just see, right. like, these eyes on a purple background looking out of the you, bush, I was like, oh, which Mr. Man is this? Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the monkey earlier was purple, too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, finally, with the bear breathing down his neck, does Mr. Fussy and everyone else realize that a bear is there? Despite running being in his best interest, Mr. Fussy returns in order to at least save his jar of olives. Last joke of the picnic table. Mr. Nosy salts and eats his hat but where's his sandwich on his head? What a weirdo. I think that's Mr. Scatterbrain or Mr. Silly. I'm not, I can't tell the difference. Oh, he was, he was pink, wasn't he? Yes. That's, they got the same body. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Scatterbrain and Mr. Nosy. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? There's, there's like a lot of design changes from the books. So Mr. Nosy in the books has a really long nose. Yeah, that's the whole deal. Like most of the book, yeah. I actually remember this. Most of the book is other characters doing things and you just see this nose slide in from somewhere. <laughs> Boy, with these animators, that would have been perfect. Why did they change it? Why did they make him look just like Mr. Scatterbrand? And by the way, make them both look like Mr. Greedy. Maybe they just, who's not, maybe they didn't want yeah. to offend people who have big noses. Maybe they figured they're making fun of people with disabilities or something. Well, and to that end, Obviously, they couldn't in include all like 90 Mr. Men or Miss <laughs> Little Misses or however But, but I, I think they were pretty careful aside from Mr. Tickle. Yeah. Um, and I was looking up Little Miss Plump has been renamed to Little Miss Greedy. Hmm. Hey, that reminds me. You know, Sorry, go, yeah. go ahead and finish your thought and then I'll come in with mine. Well, she's not in this series and neither is Mr. Greedy. Um, but I think they were probably my favorites as a kid. I don't know, just because it was like the concept that 
little Miss Plump join Mr. Greedy for a a bacchanalia of consumption. <laughs> right? Well, every morning she eats a hundred sausages. It's just like, wow, a hundred sausages. <laughs> wow. And the way they depict them on that fork. Oh yeah. I don't I think I think that was my favorite of the uh of the Mr. Men and Little Miss. <laughs> the gluttons. Yeah. Uh what I was gonna say is there's a computer animated Smurfs show that came right. out not too long ago. And I mm-hmm. saw a little bit of one. Do you remember we watched the Smurfs and we both kind of had the opinion, why is the baker one named Mr. Uh, named Greedy Smurf when he's actually right. giving food to everyone? Well, for a hundred people every day, three meals. Yeah. Well, in the new Smurfs, they've renamed him Chef Smurf. Good. Yeah. Hmm. Just got to get that in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. This show overall, you know, I'd seen it before. In my opinion, I kind of like it. It's not something I went out of my way to watch. Um, it's got musical segments, not these two episodes, but it's got some pretty funny, like, uh, music videos. Yeah. Often with, like, psychedelic stuff going on. Right, right. Not that the show isn't psychedelic enough to begin with. Yeah. Um, oh, the scene transitions, too, are like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just, like, <laughs> it'll be a particular character repeated a hundred times, like, on a kaleidoscope. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it has a neat aesthetic to it. Like, the characters are so simple and cute, but also, like, the way that they've drawn them. Like, there's really no backgrounds in most of it. It's just this blank colored mm. field with, like, you know, the table or the furniture that's important. Um, right. Kind of minimalist. But... You know, this this whole world where the characters just have whatever job they need to have for this segment. Um, they're, you know, they're just doing whatever their name is like. It's real simple. Mm. But like you said, it's just gags. It's like, here's these characters that have basically one character trait and let's uh, give them a theme and see what they do. Huh. It's the contrast, man, that uh, uh, Silver Spoon is about a simple world where all these people get along. And Mr. Men is about a simple role where all these people don't get along. Well, depending on the the, the people. <laughs> they're Mo- All of them, basically. Most of the thrust is like someone disagreeable that has to be around somebody that's quirky or cheerful or clumsy. Yeah, true. Yeah. there's. <laughs> it really is, now that you mention it, it's all just interaction between two characters who conflict in some way. Uh, Mr. Quiet's not I'd speaking almost, loud enough. Mr. I'd almost like to see like two good-natured Mr. Men's and Little Misses together. Mm. And their their problem is that they're just inept or, you know, have such a skewed perspective on things that they can't get anything done. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it's a neat little show. It's cute. I like that. Yeah. I like that the Mr. Men are still going, but not too serious. They haven't done like some gritty modern reboot of it because you can't take this this concept too far. Otherwise, it'll fall apart. I think this just little sketches and little one dimensional characters with gags is as far as this needs to go. There doesn't need to be like a DuckTales reboot of the Mr. Men that's trying to be all serious. (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe for next week, we should uh, read some of the adult Mr. Men books. (laughs) I'd be curious about that. I want to know what uh, (laughs) I want to know what Mr. Condom thinks about monkeypox. I imagine they're still innocent. <laughs> they tack, you know, they're, they're they're still. It's like they're written for kids, but the uh, the topics are adult. 
Yeah, I know. They did a series of Berenstein Bear books like that. Like, like young adult novelizations. <laughs> it's like they're for better or for worse Berenstein Bears. It was weird. Man. I, I was on a road trip where the people that we were with had some of these books and it was my first exposure to them. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. And I'm reading. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like they're, they're dealing with like, like they're still the same age, like, you know, little bears, but they're dealing with like. Oh yeah deeper traumatic issues <laughs> whoa kind of i mean not well, not like super adult losing a loved one well nothing like that but more than you know it's it's more than just oh these bears are watching too much tv it's more like oh yeah yeah i know there's, i've seen that. there's oh, like yeah. a whole story that they're dealing with huh my problem is that weird nudist that lives out in the woods <laughs> <laughs> uh oh what is his name? Um, I can't think of it. I'm, I'm actually trying to remember the theme song for the animated series that introduces him. Oh, right. The, it's Big the Paw Bear. That, like, Big Paw Bear? Yeah, I think that's his name. Yikes. Just imagine if Mr. Tickle had a go at him. Oh, all kinds of fetishes all getting together at one time. And on that note, let's move ahead. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Let's move to next week. Uh, good stuff. And now maybe. Well, what's that? Yeah, maybe good stuff. Oh no, I meant this. It was good stuff this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Next yeah, week, yeah. I don't know. Um, actually, I do know that one of them is. Whew, uh, hmm. <laughs> gimme, gimme. Okay, uh, we're gonna do the shorts next week. Like I, I think you said, I've lost track. Yeah, but you, that we are. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Okay, I have actually kind of a little theme, a literary theme. Um, okay. Where the first one is going to be a Looney Tunes called Book Review. And it's review like R-E-V-U-E, like a show. Nay. Eh? Oh, yeah. Okay. And the second one, oh boy, from Rembrandt Films, directed by Gene Deitch, The Hobbit. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. I I was on the fence about whether you would have known about this or not. I'm guessing you don't. I don't think I do, but maybe when I start watching it, it'll trigger something. Uh, If you've seen it before, you'll go, oh, this. But if you haven't, you'll go, (laughs) you'll go, wow, this exists? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll make your theme look loose by how connected (laughs) mine are. Uh. So I'm going to give you a couple cartoons or as Disney apparently called them once upon a time, Mickey Mouse's to watch. Oh, yeah. Which does not guarantee that Mickey Mouse is in them. But he is. Oh, so <laughs> first one, Mickey Mouse cartoon, Moose Hunters. All right. And the second one, The Moose Hunt. Hmm. Hmm hope i can tell which one's which <laughs> all right so we got moose yeah. moose books and the hobbit uh yeah that'll be interesting okay well for uh before we get into next time um we got to tell all the celery stalkers to let us know what kind of food cartoons they like um what kind of cartoons do you like what do you think of the show uh why don't you tweet me some good food? Um, I'm at AC Matsy. That's a good place to look. Um, go ahead and send me your what? Oh, Instagram. That was the uh, 
social media thing with pictures before TikTok. <laughs> uh, yeah. Give me some food for the Insta. Show me your bowl of microwave chili. AC Matsy. Yeah. And of course, let everyone else know about the show. You can reach me at DrabSwatch. Now, Matsy, mm. have you ever heard of the Cartoonland murders? Uh, was that that Ralph Bakshi movie? No, no, no. It happened on a night a lot like this one. There were two fellas, kind of like you and me. Mm. And one of them dared to look in the mirror <laughs> and three times utter the celery stalker's slogan. Wax, wax, wax.